You're listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. And we're recording. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Inclusive AF. My name is Jackie Clayton. And this is Katie Van Horn. And we're going to do a little AMSR. Is that what it is? It's ASMR. ASMR. Not really. We wouldn't no. do that to you. But I do look like <laughs> I got in a fight with my microphone. It is the coldest. We're recording this on the coldest day of the Waco year ever. Since I've ever lived in Waco, it's never been this cold. It is not cold in Arizona today. The Thank weather you. today in Waco is nine. The weather today right now in Phoenix is 54 and it's going to get to 64. So we're winners over here. Yeah, um, winners. But yeah, I think everyone's having like major cold situations. I just don't, I think, you know, we've just had enough. <laughs> <laughs> of all of it. <laughs> it's only February and I'm already over 2021. It was supposed to be my comeback. Not based on any facts. I just, everyone just decided. The year of the comeback, but not really. (laughs) But not really. Oh my God. So yeah, I do feel like 2021, yeah, it's not been delivering so much (laughs) of what we expected. I mean, we have had uh, a lot of things that have been slightly disappointing um, in the past couple of weeks. Let's just start with the capital. Yes, do we want to start with? (laughs) sixth of january Uh, and then so we are recording this so uh this is monday president's day that we're recording this you all will hear this in a few weeks but um we are recording this and it's interesting because we just got the verdict back on the second um impeachment impeachment trial against donald trump and um, again, he was found not guilty, but I did find a really nice, but he wasn't uh, found not guilty. He was acquitted, but Oh, I beg your pardon. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. He was acquitted. Vernacular is very important. But I also think it's interesting that like Mitch McConnell, like as soon as he walked out of the room was like, by the way, the guy's a criminal and he totally caused this and you should arrest him immediately. And it's like, no, that Listen, was your that's job, like real dude. talk though, like on a jury. That's like Amen. real that really happens. Right. Because but of I, the pressure. And it's like get real. There, there, this is maybe we should talk about that today. <laughs> we can't split. <laughs> they 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 talk about these two parties as if these two things live in a complete vacuum all by itself. It without realizing these are attached to people and we do have choices. And I think we're going to see, I don't think it's fair to put everything as you're a Republican. Like we fight really hard not to do that in diversity work. Like, oh, you're a white woman, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to wear a mask and that you have a little dog and that, you know, you get your nails done. Like we fight hard to be like, see the whole person. (laughs) Okay. You, okay. I don't okay. get my nails done. Look I used this. to get my yeah. nails done, but then like COVID. And so now I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter. But I do need, we're, we're getting into that time in Arizona that you kind of have to have a pedicure or it ain't great because you're in sandals. you're just not allowed it's out not the house. Great. It's yeah, not great. But I mean, right now we kind of aren't allowed out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out last year. Um, yeah. So are we talking about, um, do you remember that, that Dave Chappelle skit, the 
when getting real goes too far. Say that again. Do you know <laughs> that Dave Chappelle uh, skit when getting real goes too far? No. <laughs> Are we having one of those moments? I think we need to have, a, well, no, because I think we need to get real, but I also, I just think it's a funny skit. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, I mean, he's done, I think he's done it. Um, or no, it's like, sorry, it's not, I, I just looked it up. When keeping it real goes wrong and it's just funny, but it's, um, it's the, you know, like when white people try to be black or when white people try to do the things that they maybe should not do. Um, but I know that's, I, I just was thinking, I don't know if I'm ready. It's nine degrees, Katie. The filter is out. It made me think of it because you're like, are we going to get real? Yeah, we should. But I just want to caution you that I am still a white woman in this conversation. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, okay, um, okay. so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on board, but I also don't want to, um, you know, but let me tell you my favorite part about you being a white woman. <laughs> Only one in thing. my mind. Well, <laughs> lots of things. I think the funny part is our dynamic. I think our guests appreciate that moment. And but people haven't seen us in other situations. There's several situations. Katie and I will be called into it. And the next thing you know, I will be voicing my opinion, rolling my neck, sucking my teeth. And Katie will be like, I think what? We're trying to say, I think what Jackie's trying to say is that it was really one of our first interactions, if you remember, in person in Austin. Was it in Austin? It was, I was somewhere going in Texas. off on this person about their lack of diversity, proper training and how they're not doing enough and almost killing them at like two in the morning and Katie saved their life. <laughs> But it goes to people's like not understanding there is a difference between it's why we fight so hard to not have the labels of putting people in boxes because it gets rough when you have to get real with people. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And I think um, I remember that interaction as well. I don't know that I, I, I saved a life. It was two in the morning. Well, <laughs> it was two in the morning. Um, so it is a little, there are some things <laughs> are a little gray. Um, but I also remember one of our first um, dinners together and we had a friend of ours, a, a mutual friend with us. And she, and I don't even know if you're going to remember this. Oh God. Um, she made a comment and was talking about like her black friend, Jackie and Jackie got up from the table, not because of that. Jackie got up from the table to step away for a moment. And, and I just asked the person, like, does it have to be your black friend, Jackie, or could it just be your friend, Jackie? And they, you know, kind of got a little defensive, but then we had this like great conversation and it's that whole thing of, um, Again, like the tokenizing, but also. I am so <laughs> glad I don't remember that conversation. Who, where, when? Uh, <laughs> we'll discuss who later. <laughs> oh. But no, it's a friend of ours. Like, and, and I mean, and, and she has owned up to it and like has been like, oh my God, I'm so glad we had that conversation because you did kind of open my eyes. But uh, to your point, I think there's this, it, it's what we talk about all the time that you can say things in a room that I can't and vice versa. But it's also like in a good way, like there's a lot of positive that comes from that. 
but it's also, and I don't like, I want to be clear that I'm not like, Oh, let me bring Jackie back from the ledge. Like in no way. Oh, no. Cause I'm always like, no, do more, say more things. No. Cause he's so usually good. like, she's right. So get ready to catch these hands. <laughs> It's never that bad. <laughs> I do not like the, the <laughs> physical altercation connotation <laughs> that okay. you're making right now. It's never been like, well, it's maybe mentally for me, it's been that yeah. way. Like but in it's our never minds, actually. Maybe, yeah. But yeah. it's kind of like those same moments, like I'm going to walk back into my high school reunion looking like Jessica Rabbit and turning heads. It's not going to happen. In my mind, it might have happened yes. like that, but it wouldn't yes. happen. Kind of the same thing. I just think what's interesting is that the good news is that we make people feel safe and they should feel safe in yes. having these conversations. And, but at some point I'm still a black woman and you're still a white woman. Like at some point we can only talk about your misogynistic um, tropes or the sexism that's going on within your organization so long before you have to like get real till it hurts. Right. Sometimes you have to do that. Right. And I think it's, it's interesting because I have um, one of my very dear friends, Angela Huey, and I will, will say her name because uh, she would be more than happy for me to share this. She leads an organization here in Phoenix called One Community and they support LGBTQ rights and they've done some amazing work in the state of Arizona. And her whole thing is, you know, she gets work done by one coffee at a time. And so like her whole deal is like, I just want to have a conversation with you. I'm not trying to tell you that you're wrong in your beliefs, but I just want to tell you my story or tell you why this is important to me. And, and I think that that's, I think you and I both are very much the, we're bringing people along on the journey. And, but it's also the way that I vocalize it, the way you vocalize it, it's different. Um, and as you said, like in my mind, I'm saying very bad things. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cussing in my head, right. but it doesn't come out. And it's very much like a productive and, and you're the same way. Like it's very much a, well, you just said something super ignorant, but I'm going to go ahead and keep you, keep you in the fold and walk you through why this is not the right way to think, which I appreciate. <clears throat> I think that's the hardest part of our work. And I think what people who are not in this work don't realize is that you go through it every day. Mm -hmm. um, and while people sometimes we're seeing change and feeling like there are, there's a def, definite different vibe on the planet right now than there was two years ago, six mm -hmm. months ago. Um, the reality is that we have a, a long, a long way to go. And in doing that work, it is interesting having to see the, the correlation while we are helping people with their organizations and from a human resources or employment standpoint, um, the internal trauma that so many people have gone to that goes largely unrecognized. Um, and I think that comes up a lot. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things that the, the daily trauma and it's, you know, we talk about microaggressions and we talk about the impact of microaggressions and I'm actually doing a series of trainings for a group and I'm doing the same training multiple times. And one of the topics is microaggressions. And there's a video that, you know, it's all about microaggressions being like mosquito bites. 
And, you know, and some people get bit by mosquitoes more often than others and like the damage that it can do. And obviously microaggressions are the mosquito bite. I've also been, you know, I've had it referred to, and this is also, this is by the Clayman Institute out of Stanford when they're talking about gender and microaggressions, they talk about 10,000 cuts that like when you get a paper cut, 1,000 cuts. Yeah. When you get a paper cut, not a big deal. It's annoying, but whatever. But if you get, you know, 10,000 of them in a day or a thousand of them in a day, like that ruins your whole day and takes over your whole day. And so it's not the, oh, this person is overreacting because it's how many times today have they dealt with something that was not okay. And I think it's also, this kind of goes to the, what we had originally kind of chatted about talking about in this episode was around, you know, the expertise and the work and, and thinking about how this work actually is portrayed, but then also, um, paid for. And, and what I mean by that is like the, the, there is this myth that HR folks should just be able to like get it and go do it. And that they know everything about diversity, which they don't. I mean, that's like asking someone to like start doing, you know, comp and regression models and this kind of and like, no, they're not going to be able to do that just off the top of their head. Um, and it's the same thing, diversity and inclusion, like there's an expertise that yes. I think people don't realize, understand care. And, and that is frustrating because it's also the, the things that you and I talk about and the things that we do at work and how they impact each individual. It took us years to get this. It's not like something that we just like, or like, okay, cool. We got it done. That's right. And, and it's like, you know, you think about gymnastics, right? Like people are in gymnastics, but some people are better at floor. Some people do pommel horse. And then some people have decided, this is what I really want to do. I really like doing uneven bars. That's my mm-hmm. jam. And so I don't, I think that the people within diversity and inclusion that you're looking for are the people who have gone through a particular journey. Like mm-hmm. we've done HR, we've seen, you know, benefits or we've seen all those things to decided that's not the HR that I want to focus my attention on. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my case, I want to focus on diversity and inclusion, especially at, as how it relates to hiring. Whereas Katie does a lot more on the other side after they're hired, but those are still very specific roles. But when you pay, I feel like when you pay somebody, if you don't pay somebody, um, you're not paying for expertise. You're not necessarily getting the expertise and it can get in the way. It's a lot easier for me to try to get to the end um, or kind of try to get to a resolution when we are working together strategically on a plan mm-hmm. than it is if you're just talking to me as we're eating chicken wings, watching the game, which we haven't right. done in years because. Right. You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight cisgender white men, and the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth, and together we host Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, and it's, I, I think I guess this is, it's the whole like, let me pick your brain or, Hey, can I ask your opinion about something? 
And, you know, our, we just were mentioning before we started recording a friend of ours that um, she is all about, yeah, I can totally help you out if it's not going to take me a ton of time or, you know, I'll give you X amount of time for free. And then after that, you're going to have to pay me. And, and I think that that's part of it too, is that some of these things people just assume, like I am all about helping folks out and helping folks learn. That's a ton of what I do every single day. It's just educating folks, but there's also this piece that it's, you should get paid for the expertise that you have and you should get paid for the work that you do. And I can do more by helping people and actually being committed to, yeah, I signed on the dotted line that you're paying for this, or, you know, I, you know, agreed to do whatever for you and you're paying me. So there's like a level of commitment that's very different from, Hey, I want four hours to pick your brain about well, all of the things DEI. It's a commitment and it's a goal. There's a goal in mind because there is, it's not me saying, you know, going to like an employment lawyer and saying, is this legal? <laughs> like, right. That's a pretty cut and dry thing, which it never is cut and dry with lawyers. No. So it's like, well, can you tell me more? Um, but it's the same thing with diversity and inclusion. I find that if you're asking me for a favor, I'm just giving you my frame of reference mm-hmm. more than my professional frame of reference. Right, right. It's more of a, I'm more protective of my friends and family or people that look at me, look like me, not look at me because today everybody's looking at me <laughs> and they're checking <laughs> the internet. <laughs> Have you seen this lady? Um, Again, it's very cold in Texas. It's cold. No <laughs> uh, Jackie does. She is wearing a awesome beanie today and a sweatshirt. I don't have any. So she's trying to just stay warm. And in Texas, you know, it's kind of similar to Arizona. We don't do winter clothes. We don't even understand no. what they are. No. So I, I, you know, I can see that you have a few layers on because that's really the only layers. way to describe this. Forty-two thousand layers. Don't even know what. To sorry, do. no, but I'm sorry too. But it's just, it's just. There's a certain a part that, I think it also helps on the other side knowing that we're paying for this person's expertise allows people to receive the message greater. Mm-hmm. Like otherwise, it's like oh you're being critical or I don't like these answers. But it's like no, you're paying for the expertise, which means I have to be honest with you. Um, I think people don't often recognize this is very emotional work. It is really hard. There, There is a part where you have to, a lot of the work that we do internally and the way that we were all, not we all, but the way that I was raised in particular tells me no and to be quiet and to not talk on the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the expertise is what pushes you past that to say that was a really wrong thing that you know, this could be, this is problematic. I'm not going to say wrong. This is problematic. Let me explain to you why or what could potentially come out of this rather than what in the heck did you just say, you know, kind of situation. And and how could you think that that was okay? Yeah, no. And and I think that's, I, this is the way I look at it. And I think not to put words in your mouth, but I think you and I are similar in this regard. If something happens in our group of friends or in a situation, we'll call it out to a point, but it's more from a, Hey, let's have a conversation about it. And, and I think this is actually, I'm glad we're talking about this because I think this is something that comes up in training a lot. Um, when I'm working with organizations, they're like, oh, I, I wouldn't dare to say to my peer that, hey, you just had a microaggression or, hey, you just said something that isn't okay. 
but we have to do those things. And yeah, it's hard. And you're like, oof, this feels yucky, but there's also the, we're not going to get better unless you do, but there's also that line we all have to draw that is, yeah, I'm not going to go too deep on this. Or there are certain people that I just don't engage because I'm like, it's a waste of everyone's time because you think that you know the answer. I think that I know the answer and I have to protect my own well being. That's right. But it's also, I'm, I'm thinking of a particular person that I want to beat right now, but um, no beatings allowed. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I think there's this, to your point on the protection, like protecting yourself or like making sure that you're cool with your friends and help them along on their journey, but also everyone's on a journey and you can't fix everything. And the emotional labor to try and do this 24 hours a day is brutal. It's why I don't want to be your black friend. Right. Right. <laughs> because I can't, it's like, what? And, and why people need to look at it. Like you're not, it's like, if you have relationships and you don't want to hurt people and you don't want to put somebody through that, right. Whether it be professional or personal, and then you want to learn more about diversity and inclusion. And someone's a member of the LGBTQ community. And you're like, Oh, you're gay. Can you tell me why we celebrate pride? Like, they are already going through, like there's already an emotional component and you're just, you're just trying, you're just poking the bear. Like you're just asking for someone to stand up for a whole community and for your own well-being, mm-hmm. but you're creating, you know, PTSD trauma for the person unless, but when you're a professional, it's not fun, but you get used to it. You're able to Mm -hmm. say, oh, I know what this is, or I feel where this is coming from, or let me put my different, let me put my professional cap on. And I think we all do that. Like if you Mm -hmm. do taxes at work and you're an accountant and you're doing somebody else's accountant, the relate, there's a shift, there's a shift in the dynamic. Um, I can tell you with most people that are going to underrepresented people to all of a sudden represent the whole entirety of a population. Um, if you, if, when you do that to a person that you care about, your relationship is never the same. Mm-hmm. And it's usually the person that's part of the majority group that feels great after the conversation and without realizing the complete damage that they've caused the other person. And it's also why you have to have allyship. I know that Katie knows when I'm going to need a step back. Or when Katie's like, I'm going to step in here, Jackie, so that you don't. I mean, it happens. And yeah, I think, no, I agree. I, I think agree. it's why we're together. And sometimes where I'm like, okay, Katie seems a little bit upset. So let me just, it's not speaking for the other person. It's really just giving time to get a breath. Yes. And, 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 and I'm, yes, I think, and that's part of it too. It isn't a, let me speak for you. Cause that's not my right and, and not my job and vice versa. And, but it is a, I'm let's give you space or let's help to, that's like, when I think about allyship, the way that I think about it and the way that I try to perform it isn't let me speak for someone or let me be their voice. No, it's how can I stand arm in arm with that person? And so in a moment where I can feel that you are not okay, or that whatever is happening is not okay. I'm going to stand with you arm in arm and go, how can I help? How can I be here? And whatever that thing is, I'm going to do. If you're like, nope, I've got this. 
I am going to punch someone in the nose, actually throat. Yeah. We say throat punching throat, in HR, punch. a lot of throat punching in HR. Um, <laughs> this, the violent issue. The violent Maybe we should ask someone in feeling, well, I mean, Maybe we need a professional, um, but we all need professionals. You can't do this work without a therapist either of mm-hmm. trying to put those numbers. You hear so many stories. Have you ever heard a story and you're like, it's almost like you think it's your story, but it's not like you'll hear something and you're like, wait, that didn't actually happen to me. It's just happened to so many people that I feel like I have to make a voice for something that mm-hmm. I don't own. And so it's like, that's why you, you need a therapist. It's like, I cannot speak on this issue until we work through it. And um, one of the things that is interesting at dynamic is that you have to be very strong while being an empath at the same time. Um, you have to be willing to absorb a lot, which is why people think that diversity and inclusion people are therapists. Like, let me tell you about my racist grandpa. And you're like, okay, I'll help you through that situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because they know you're not going to judge them personally, that you are going to listen to them, that you are going to try to help them with a solution. But I think it's important to mention that everybody does go through their own trauma around race or issues and the way that they were raised. And I think it's something because we haven't talked about it a lot growing up or it's something that maybe we didn't experience in our own homes that we should just say all people need to go through this story it could be the first time you realize that you were racist towards somebody in the fifth grade and that you probably hurt them on a permanent basis and you didn't realize that until you're 40 right right um or you didn't realize what we found uh recently was that you didn't think that you had any discrimination against you. And then all of a sudden you realized, oh, I didn't get that job because I was smart. When you have to think back to those times. Um, It's worth going and being specific when trying to get a therapy to work through those issues and being specific about the issues you need to talk to. I think this is, we're seeing that more than ever where people are looking for before it was like, oh, just whoever's in my insurance plan can be my therapist. But it's like, no, I want somebody who ha- understands something in, in relationship to racial trauma or dealing with hard parents or, you know, being a child of divorce or something. Mm-hmm. It's important to get those things to make sure that you're really being heard or understood. Otherwise, you're going to get a textbook answer. Agreed. And I, I, you know, I have a therapist and, um, you know, I think that's one of the things that I really appreciate about her is that she does understand some of the trauma and, and, and can talk through it with me, but also can kind of still put the onus on me of, Hey, you need to work through these things and here's the steps to do that. But, but understanding and having that it, it, it is the empathy piece of like, I may not have walked in that exact shoe or under, you know, had that exact same situation, but at least being able to relate to it in some way. And that's why I also like to do some of the conversations that um, I really appreciate with folks is, you know, it's giving them an example of here's something that actually did occur in the workplace. And, you know, maybe it wasn't your actual company, but this did happen. And you see people like, totally shocked. And you're like, no, I, I, this actually did happen. Like, so the one I use, and we may have even talked about this before 
There is one that was, it was actually called that I read and it was a female engineer and she was, they were like on their Slack channel or whatever. And in the Slack channel, she was like, kind of, Hey, this is what you're working on. This is what you're like, not telling people what to do, but just kind of clarifying who's working on what today. And like, who's writing whatever line code or whatever the heck they do. Um, and, and so she was just kind of, you know, reiterating that in the Slack channel and this new guy on her team, like responded back with some comment of like, why are we listening to you? You're just a woman. And, you know, and she, uh-huh. of course, like smiley face. Right. And of course she's like at her keyboard going, Oh my goodness gracious. How do I respond, react, whatever. And before she can even do anything, one of her peers, also a man responded back and just said, we don't do that here. And it's one of those things, like it's such a simple line, but it shut the conversation down. And, and I think that's part of it too, is like allyship is kind of what do you need in the moment? And also like, how can you react? And what are those things that are like in your back pocket to say that's what I also think people need are like some of those tools and tips of like, what do I say when someone's like, oh, you're my awesome black friend, like as the person sitting there, not as the black friend, but as the other person in the room, like, what, like, what are you talking about? Like, that's, that's a really dumb thing to say. And here's why, but in a kind and gentle and loving way. Um, and I think that's like the piece that people need so much of, but it's hard. It's really, really hard to be. That's that why you need a professional. Up. Like I get so yes. upset when people put people in these places that haven't gone through the work to try to put them in charge of diversity and inclusion that don't do diversity and inclusion work. There's a natural thing that we all do if left unchecked or in personal situations where you're just taking care of yourself. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're a bad person. If I have a thousand dollars to spend on my community, you can best bet. I mean, I live next door to my mother-in-law, the Claytons are going to get the lion's share if it was left just up to me. Right. It's like, Oh, I can do anything. Oh, well then I'm not doing anything. That's my everything. Right. Right. Um, but then, and that's kind of how it is. You're leaving things unchecked or I'm just, I think that's why so many, um, diversity and inclusion programs are slanted towards one particular group, not on purpose. It's even if somebody has well intention, if they don't do the work, if they haven't read the books, if they haven't gone to the seminars and they haven't done the classes and trust me. And I think Katie can, can attest to this. People who are in diversity and inclusion are in webinars and watching speakers and reading books constantly where you will never, ever become a sole expert. We're always doing the work. Always. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you're not, that's why, you know, it'll just slowly creep in when all of a sudden, okay, apparently deaf or hard or hearing are the only diverse group that we care about at this organization because we've put all of our eggs in that basket. And so you need the person that's going to, to say, it looks like what's missing from this dynamic? What piece of diversity are we missing from? What are we not benefiting from um, or we're not understanding because we haven't welcomed a person into our various group? And sometimes it means maybe we have enough black women on this committee and we need to look for more white men on this committee. I get so much grief over putting together committees of diverse people in my diversity work. Everybody in my diversity work should be black or they should all be women or they should all be black women. And why do you have a white man on your diversity? I have to listen to the white man. 
to figure out, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, I need, I'm trying to be, if especially us, we're trying to be inclusive AF. That means your voice is still important. Nobody's less important. Um, it also means you have different experiences. You're also a member of the LGBTQ community, or you might not look indigenous, but you are indigenous, or there are certain things where you have to be able to do the work, but you have to be able to break it apart to the actual true work of diversity and inclusion. And you also have to be will it be able to take those punches when they come because they because they do. Mm -hmm. The Jim Stroud podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain to brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud podcast. Well, and I think it's also, especially right now, there is a major focus on racial diversity. And we absolutely understand why. We understand that the Black Lives Matter movement is critical right now. And we also understand, like, I mean, very recently or, you know, since COVID, we do also understand that Asian people have been targeted violently targeted with, you know, different attacks, different things. And so those are, those are two communities that we're like, no, we really need to focus on those two communities. That's right. That does not in any way, shape or form say, okay, well now we don't have to worry about trans people, or we don't have to worry about uh, people that are hearing impaired or whatever it might be. And, and I think that's also the piece, like the diversity, because I will have this every once in a while, will like in HR teams, HR teams are predominantly women. And so then you'll have, you know, well, how do we diversify this group? And it's like, well, by hiring men and, you know, and so in marketing is another one that like a lot of times it's very female dominated. And so it's having those conversations. My way of thinking about diversity is who's around your table of your team and who's not there, who's missing, who's underrepresented. If there's one of X, those are the folks that you probably need to focus on. Or if you don't have any of whatever, why are we not looking there? And, and I think that's a piece that a lot of folks to your point because there is some, uh, there's a spotlight right now on certain factors and certain groups that, that doesn't discount those other groups that are also marginalized in horrific ways. And so like, it's also that like to, to have that diversity around the table to say, how do we build this product? And, and I, you know, you know, I like to go to the product building piece. It is the, you know, how do I build this product? And when I'm thinking about building this product, I have to think about everyone who might use that product. And unless I have the most niche uh, you know, group of folks that are buying that product, it has to be able to be used by everyone. And what are those things that we need to think about? You know, the whole idea, um, the UX group. So, you know, people that are looking at how do we actually use this tool? How do we think about this tool? Are they taking into consideration that, you know, you might have someone that is colorblind or are they taking into consideration, you know, the usage of how do I move my mouse or whatever it might be. And some of those things that that's that UX, you know, UX expertise that you need to have when you're building products that I don't have, I, I can, you know, have a lens of it. But I think this also goes back to like having an expert do the work, not just going, oh, well, hey, you know, you're colorblind. So you should go ahead and teach us how to do all the things UX. That doesn't make someone a UX expert. Let me tell you something that happened that I was full on giggling at midnight. Um, okay. 
So uh, my daughter and I were watching a movie this weekend and okay. it was on like Hoovie, Movie, Suvi, I don't know, some free network that as long as you let them show commercials, you can watch the movie for free, whatever it okay. was. Tubi, oh, I don't know. Tubi, yeah, I think Tubi? that's okay, what, I think it's Tubi, yeah. So we were watching it and it was like midnight and the first row of commercials were all black people in the commercials. And it was like, you know, a dishwasher commercial, a mayonnaise commercial and a Cheerios commercial. So we're like, oh, cool. So then again, the next row of commercials, all black people in the commercials. And I was like, this is starting to feel a little weird. And my daughter was like, yeah, but we're on your computer, like with your, you know, Black Lives Matter mask and your black girl <laughs> magic candle. You have influenced the cookies. And so I oh, bet yeah. you we don't see any white people for uh -huh. in any commercials. And, and then so it kept happening. And then Hannah was like, aren't we only 25 percent? Like, are we even? Isn't it like 14 percent? Why are we 100 percent of the commercials right now? Like, where are the latina latino latinx people like where right. are the white people and then it started feeling really awkward like because then i felt like tokenized and targeted i'm like okay write all these brands down i'm not buying any of them ever oh no no that's not you can't do that because yeah I, well i could but i was just I, saying like i'm just <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, oh. It's, it's, it feels weird. But here's the thing that I'll tell you. So I'm pendulum swing. The pendulum yes. swing. Absolutely. But here's what I'll tell you. So I have, and it's not even like, well, it was purposeful and it was intentional where I have built presentations and I have made every visual in the presentation people of color. And I have had people come up to me after the presentation, like, oh, yeah, okay, DNI person, like, ha, ha, ha look at you trying to be all diverse and put all these people in your presentation. And my question back to them is, okay, but if it was all white people, would, would you, you have even noticed the visuals? Would it have even been a thing? And so it's, it is the, what our brain is trained to see and what our brain is trained to believe. And so those brands that probably have had commercials for hundreds of years with all white people, are starting to wake up and go, oh, wait, there are other humans on the planet. Well, my fear was if my next door neighbor was watching that same movie, would it be all white people in their commercials or would it be a blend? I mean, I have had people, I th it's kind of, um, and I hope people are listening and just share this because this is something that I, that I do now when people say to me, um, did you notice the panel didn't have any diverse people? I was like, that's like a Tuesday night. Like this isn't right. anything new to, did you notice? Right. Cause it's always like that on my side. Did you, did you notice? Oh, you did. And what did you do about that? You called me? How is that helping? <laughs> like, what are you doing to get those things through? Yeah. And that, and, and the other one that has recently happened and it's almost like, it's kind of like that whole cancel culture of like, until you have more diverse people on your, you know, on your group of presenters, I'm not going to listen, but then you'll have the person come back and be like, how do you know, like it, using just a visual to identify someone yes. is not a great way to do that, A. And, and yes, you could say, okay, they visually don't appear to be black, Latinx, whatever it might be. But then there's also this piece of like, it, and I am remembering a specific event and it's a group of folks that you and I love dearly. And they got like kind of, people were all uh, 
ganging up on them, if you will, like, oh, I can't believe you don't have more diversity. And then they like started to actually talk about like, well, who, here's who we have and here's why they're diverse. But it was also like a, it stinks that they have to like defend themselves when they're actually, I mean, their, their lineup, once you actually backed up off of it and looked, you're like, wow, actually this is a amazingly diverse group of folks with global, like they are all over the globe and presenting different ideas from all over the globe. How awesome is that? But because visually they didn't appear to be diverse, people were like, oh yeah, you don't like diversity. You're anti-diversity. And you're like, eh, no, but yeah, I agree with you. The, I do it myself and I am guilty of this, of like looking and going, oh, okay, there's no women or there's no this, or there's no that. But then I have to like pause I, we just did this in a, a thread the other day where it's like, oh, that board has no diversity. Well, then when you started to dig in, you're like, you're oh, like, wait a minute. This yeah, might is- be the diverse, most diverse yes. board I've ever seen. <laughs> I will tell you something that ha- that has not happened in my experience. I don't think I've even told you this yet. So this is like, you've heard it here first. I know. I talk dun, to you dun, every dun. day. It's amazing <laughs> if I haven't, but I don't think I have. So we have... Um, um, we're working on our recruiting and uh, for my company and we have hired somebody on a temporary basis to help with some recruiting. She is from Russia. She's a white woman with blonde hair. She has a very thick accent. She lives in Boston. Um, and she called me she had called a person, a person had applied for a p- job position. And so she was two minutes late to the call. And she was two, two, two minutes late. We know, especially, you know, it happens. Two minutes is not the worst. It, I, you know, Zoom today took me seven minutes to get on a call because of everything going on because it's snow. Because everything's frozen. But I digress. <laughs> so <laughs> she called the gentleman two minutes late and he started yelling at her. Then he started demeaning her um, because she's an immigrant. Then he started demeaning our whole organization because of some of the founders being from India. As she's on the call. Yikes. And like promoting their own like what they called an American agenda to a person who's been with us for like two weeks. And it is easy to think that things like that happen to me and not realize that that happens to other people. It never happened to her before. She didn't know what to do. She didn't know if she should stay on the call or if it was going to reflect badly of her. And she almost quit. And it's, and it's so interesting when people are at work to realize that you start when things like that happen, it's like you question yourself. You put yourself in there. This can't be happening. Like, this isn't right. Why would this be happening to me? Do other people feel that way? And took a strong, educated, smart woman. And it took five minutes to break her. Not even, she wasn't just upset. She was broken. Mm-hmm. And so what I think about is the next day she's doing recruiting for diversity and someone thinking by looking at her headshot that she's not diverse and she doesn't know what it's like to be discriminated against because she's got this blonde hair, or whatever. 
from Boston, which is, I don't know if you've Googled that, but not the most culturally warming place on the planet. So it's, you can't judge based on those things. Like you have to do the math and do the research in this, in this work before. I mean, granted, some of the times what I've started to do, I don't like being a part of the problem if I can't be part of the solution. Like if, if the problem is, oh, well, where are the women? So then I usually try to say, well, who would I ask that would be in an underrepresented group that could be, have a benefit here? And sometimes I can't find them very easily. Or sometimes I think I find them and I, I call them and say, oh, do you ever speak? And they're like, yeah, it's $20,000 for the first hour, <laughs> you know, $500 per word thereafter. And you're like, oh, maybe that's why. Um, and, and good on you. Make that <laughs> and I'm like, well, dang, I need to get up in this gig. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I think people don't realize there's so many layers in diversity and inclusion when you're dealing with work because you're dealing with their personal trauma, you're dealing with company culture, you're dealing with your own as an individual, and then you have to, you know, there's a lot. Don't mm -hmm. go to someone who you think looks diverse and say they should be responsible for our whole diversity plan. Because I'm telling you, it, it hurts people. There are people who are painfully in this work. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. We're in the work. Um, we're doing the work. We're doing the work. And we all need to be doing the work. So, and that would make it so much nicer if everybody could just do it. If everyone could do the work, that'd be really awesome. That would take a lot of work off of our plates and we yeah. would appreciate that. Um, <laughs> we I think we actually work. even talked about that. We talked about that with Rowdy, like, hey, yeah. <laughs> we have job security right now. We would like yeah. to not have job security. That's we would right. like this to be fixed and solved and move forward. Um, so Jackie, thinking about what we talked about, other than going out and watching Dave Chappelle, um, yes. when getting real goes too far, <laughs> um, what is the lesson <laughs> folks should take away from this conversation? Um, if you want somebody to help with your diversity and inclusion, you need to be prepared to hire an expert and pay for their expertise. It comes from doing the work. It's not work because there is a difference between coming from an emotional place and opinion or things that have been steeped through research. So um, you need, this work is too intense to get some pinch hitters. You need to find people that can help you serve your needs and you best do that by coming by finding a professional coming up with a contract looking for a return on investment and being able to hold somebody fully accountable for the work that you're needing in your organization oh my god that was great i should put yeah. that in my running we for should mayor, totally record that <laughs> yeah. oh yeah let's record that i'm gonna put it in my bio in a couple of weeks what about you katie what is your lesson <laughs> that you want to share my lesson is very similar to yours. It's, it's pay folks that are experts for their expertise. And, and it is, you know, in all arenas, you know, not just in DEI, in all arenas, pay your experts. But it's also be very thoughtful when, you know, we have had a lot of folks putting out their single right now saying that they are a diversity, equity, inclusion person, and they don't have the background. And and I'm not saying they need to have a million years experience, but I'm, I'm saying like, have they done this in some form or fashion? And, and also don't put that emotional labor on someone if they don't have the expertise, cause it's, it's already 
the labor, the emotional burden is huge. Don't make it worse by hiring someone that isn't equipped to actually help you. Um, and that's not like, I, I don't want it to be like, Hey, let's, you know, don't hire anyone, but Jackie and I, cause that's not what I'm saying at all. There are a million, a million folks that are amazing. And I, you know, I love because we're really busy. We're not, like we right. can't even do that right now. Like don't even like, you know, right. ask us for I, referrals. Yes. <laughs> and I'm more than happy to do that. Cause I love yes. referring to other folks who are doing great work, but I also, um, the other thing I would say is just try to remember that the folks that you are talking to working, with, this is their life, their lives, their life. Um, and while you might not understand completely what there is because you haven't lived it, listening and having that conversation and not in a teach me all the things, but from a, let me get to know you as a human is so important. So that's a good one. I haven't heard that. Yeah. You might not even like them as your diversity person either. You might not know what right. they have to bring to the table if you're just picking people up off the street. Right. And it's okay point. if you pick people off the street if you want, but not for DEI work. No, but do yes. it because it's nine degrees outside and they because it's cold out and they need some place to be warm. Yeah, All right, my friends. Okay, boo boo. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Inclusive AF podcast. Um, this is Katie Van Horn and I'm Jackie Clayton, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you, and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.